to Healing Doorways. I am your host, Alicia Marcano, and today I have the great pleasure to bring you a very good friend of mine. Her name is Narelle McDonald, and she's an expert of feng shui. I invite you to check out her website, Wellness at Home. But stay tuned, because in this interview, we are going to talk about what feng shui is, how to start applying feng shui at home, how can we make our working from home more har harmonious <laughs> and many, many more tips of how to bring more she flow into your home. Thanks for listening. All the materials provided in this interview are for informational, educational or entertainment purposes only and are not intended to be or serve as a substitute for professional medical or mental health advice, examination, diagnosis, or treatment. Hi, Narelle. Welcome to Healing Doorways. Hi, thank you for having me. Lovely I'm to be so, here. I'm so excited <laughs> to finally have you. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. <laughs> we got there eventually. Um, and today, Narelle is going to talk to us about feng shui she's an expert in the subject and I think this subject is so important right now that people are nesting in their homes and they're spending so much time at home and they need those little uh, advice to make uh, life at home a little bit better a little bit more flowy so I think it was um, I thought it was a good subject to bring in um, especially Absolutely. with all these restrictions going on so, Narel, what is feng shui and where does it come from? Uh, so, feng shui is really, it li literally it means wind and water and it's an ancient Chinese art. It's existed for many, many, many years um, and it looks at the laws of nature and how we restore balance and improve one's quality of life. And it really acknowledges that everything in the universe, living and non-living, is qi vibrating at different frequencies. Um, so it's, it's, everything's interrelated. Um, and the ancient, the, 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 the actual, the translation of feng shui in the classical text, I should say, is the energy of the dragon is dispersed by wind and stops at the boundary of water because wind and water carry chi, the life force energy that's required by all. And wind and water and its interaction with the land are really important to understanding the actual site. Um, it, they really, in ancient feng shui, they obviously had a lot more time to sit and really observe nature and notice what was happening. And this is how it sort of came about. And they really considered that a building, um, it needs to be placed and designed in harmony with its surrounding environment. So that's very important. And in fact, um, cities like Hong Kong were designed around the principles of feng shui. So it's... Um, it used to actually only be used by royalty. So it's really only since about the 1980s that it sort of really came into kind of Western, mm. uh, Western ways sort of thing. And, and so it's, it's really started to become popular since then. And it, I've actually noticed personally um, that people are becoming more and more interested in this topic lately uh, and it is too because we are spending so much more times in our homes mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people are renovating they're starting to notice what's going on around them and they're spending a lot more time there so potentially they're picking up on maybe 
you know, what, what's in balance and what's out of balance, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so that's basically really what feng shui is. It, um, it, we're really just trying to harmonise and use the quality of chi. We really want chi to mender, meander through a space. Um, we don't like fast moving energy. We really want to capture that energy, that life force, and, and let it accumulate in our spaces. Oh, that's good. And is there any rules of feng shui that we can... Um, that's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know a lot of people get confused when they read books, etc. Um, and look, there, there can always be exceptions to the rules too. And there, there are, you know, depending on the feng shui practitioner that you get, they'll have their sort of because we are interpreting what's going on in that house and on that side. Um, and and there's, there's obviously, there's form school, there's compass school, and there's flying stars. So I'm just going to touch a little bit on those to tell you the difference okay. um, just for those out there because you will, you will see this in books and things like that as well. Um, so with form school, that really looks at the physical, tangible environment, um, things like roads, um, water, are you in the city, are you in the country? So a rural country environment, the forms tend to be much stronger often than in a city. Um, so there's, you know, there's quite a few factors with, with that sort of thing. So it looks at all of that colour, um, shapes, materials, furnishings, or think of anything with form, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And then compass school, um, that's a branch of feng shui that really just looks at the influence of direction and you'll have the eight different sectors. So you've got east, southeast, south. So south would represent summer, um, fame and reputation. The number nine is associated with that. It's the element of fire, that sort of thing. So all of the different directions have these sectors, numbers, elements, shapes, um, you know, there's organs, Body part. There's all sorts oh. of stuff associated with that. Um, and then there's flying star feng shui. And that's what that's the type of feng shui that I do. It's the most complex form of feng shui and it's very comprehensive. Um, and it looks at the distribution of energy within the home and it takes into account both time and space. So you've got the underlying energies of the compass and the directions, but then you've also got almost like numerology for that individual home. So each home is unique. It has its own facing direction. It has its own compass, compass reading, and it depends on the year it was built. So for example, with feng shui, there's 20 year cycles. And so from 2004 to 2024 is the age of eight. So a home built within that period would be an age eight home. But if you were to build a home, um, in 2024, 2025, that would actually be an age nine home. So this is where, so it is like numerology and I love it because when you overlay the template onto a floor plan and, and the client tells you the story and you interpret the chart, when they mirror each other, it's really interesting to see how things play out within that environment because for us, um, we really... We really say that our external um, environments are a reflection of our in internal self. So often when you're making changes or you're renovating or you're considering moving, um, there's going to be an external shift, 
but there's a big internal shift happening. So it's a reflection of what's going on internally for you as well. And this is what our buildings reflect out to the world. Oh, wow. I actually study numerology at the moment. So it'll be like uh, working out the numbers for the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this time, at this, at this hour, these are the numbers and... Yeah. Very interesting. Wow. In, in terms where we don't look at house numbers per se as, as, as such, but we definitely do. Um, when we overlay that template in Flying Stars Feng Shui, we have numbers mm-hmm. and there's a, um, a relationship and there's an interpretation based on those numbers. And each age has its own prosperous set of numbers. So we're looking to sedate more challenging energies and enhance those really good prosperous energies. So that's what we're trying to do when we interpret what's going on in that floor plan. And do you, um, and how do you start applying feng shui in your house? Like I'm brand new in feng shui and I want to start doing it in my house. (laughs) Is there any tips that you can, you can Um, start with? Look, yeah, absolutely. So if you think about it, we, like buildings are really their energy and form, I suppose. Um, we use feng shui as a technique so that we, we can improve our health, happiness, wealth, etc. So I, one of the best things you could do is actually get your individual chart done, of course, for your home. Um, and that would really drill down and give you a really interesting perspective into what's going on for you and your family within that space. And then you can make some quite you know big changes. But just as far as... If we're just looking at uh, general feng shui, I'd start with the entrance because the entrance is so important. And basically, it's, it's the entrance where opportunities can flow into your life through the entrance. So keeping that area well lit, um, free from clutter. Think about when you approach your home and you approach your front door, what is it that you think when you're, you're approaching, like, are you happy to be home or do you notice that there's something that you haven't dealt with sitting on the front porch? Does your door, like, is it, is it nicely painted? Is it appealing? You know, all of those sort of things. What do you first see when you open your front door? I know in one of our former homes, and this was when I was starting to learn many years ago, and the first thing I saw when I opened the front door was a clock. Um, it was in the kitchen and it was above the bench and I was always felt like I was not, I didn't have enough time. <laughs> never had enough time. Always like, oh my God, I don't have enough time. And I realised that every time I opened the front door, the first thing I saw was this clock reminding me that. So I took it down because I was like, I'm just, I don't want to see that every time I open the front door. Uh, it was quite remarkable because it did actually have quite a big impact. So it's, it's, yeah, I really like the, the front door and the entrance are incredibly important. Um, and we refer to it as the mouth, the mouth of the home. It's the first impression um, and it's the image that we present to the world. So some of the, um, I like to say to my clients, that the journey sort of begins at, at the front door. So really consider if you really take a moment before you put your keys, as you walk up that pathway, before you put your keys in the front door, what are, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What do you notice? Mm, that's good. Yeah. Just to bring a bit of consciousness in that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. A nice doormat. I always recommend replacing the doormat every six months because energetically you're moving across it all the time. You know, a beautiful potted plant, 
you know, it's well lit. There's, as soon as you open, there's a place for storage so that your things can be organized. So you just don't dump everything as soon as you walk through the door. All of those aspects can make a difference because good feng shui guidelines are about that. It's creating beauty within the space, using essential oils, fresh flowers, only having objects that you love. For example, if you have something that somebody potentially bought you for a, a, a wedding present and you have it displayed in your home but you can't stand it you know it's good to let some of those things go instead of just having things on display because you should or you're expected to just surrounding your stuff with objects of beauty that bring you pleasure is really important because they're all symbolic okay yeah, no, that's yeah. fair enough. Yes. Um, and would it be a good idea to have, like, like my, my hallway is quite narrow um, from the front door. And, uh, but I, I feel the need to have, like, a little table, if it's, even if it's, like, a tiny little uh, high table to put my keys and stuff. Absolutely. Somewhere to put things is important. Okay. Even if you've got a narrow hallway, even, like, having some hanging hooks, potentially, Okay. And even having some like wall lights just to lighten the like oh. to bring some light into okay. the space, some up lights could help bring a little bit of light, make that uh, hopefully appear a little bit bigger, potentially draw someone's eye down the hallway to the other end. If you've got a blank piece of wall at the other end, having a beautiful piece of art there that could mm -hmm. draw the eye down through into the home. That helps the chi move through as well. Okay. Um, because anything that, even, even like a, a smaller plant or something, because remember we want to slow that energy down and have it come through and meander through, but we still want to have those places as, as light as possible too. So in some areas it might need a little bit of assistance to mm -hmm. achieve that, but that's where wall lights, etc., could be beneficial. You know, mm -hmm. even um, a smaller runner because mm -hmm. you wouldn't want to put a lot of furniture obviously in a thin hallway because that's not mm -hmm. going to be practical because mm -hmm. we, we still want to be practical and it still needs to be functional. Mm -hmm. yes, <laughs> Don't exactly. want to put things that you're banging into because that's not it's not, it's not functional, it's not practical. Yeah. From a building biology perspective, we always encourage people not to wear shoes in home, in the house, mm -hmm. so having a little place like a shoe box where you can put your shoes in. You know, can you use the patio to a degree to help organise that space? You know, that sort of thing. Just thinking how you can create clever storage to suit your family's needs and how you live. But definitely creating light and beauty and, and drawing the eye down into the into the home can be really valuable as well. Since a lot of people are working from home now, what are your recommendations uh, for them to run a successful business from home uh, in regards to organizing the workspace? Yeah, that's a, it's an important question because it's so much more common these days. From a feng shui perspective, we still want to create a space that gives us some privacy where possible. Um, and ideally, we'd like to have command of the space in front of us. Um, so you, you can see here, I've got um, like some filing cabinets, etc., behind me. So what I've done is created a, a solid aspect behind me. And it can be quite good to hang certificates and, 
you know, anything that represents the knowledge you've accumulated, that sort of thing. So it, it helps you gain command of the space, I suppose. If you can see the door and you have solid backing behind you as support, it, you're less likely to be interrupted. Obviously, at home, it can be a bit trickier because sometimes you're working a little study nook or something like that, and, and you may not have the opportunity to do that. But wherever you can, if you can create a little space for yourself that is dedicated for your work in, in a way that would work better. Sometimes if you're constantly moving around, and it can depend what you do for a living, um, that may work for some people, but to create a space that's yours where you constantly come back to and your focus is on your work can, be, I think, be more beneficial because it's almost like the energy is imprinting in that space and this is where you come to work because otherwise sometimes discipline can be um, more difficult when you're working from home or you can get distracted by the other things that um, are required. So setting up those boundaries as well, so giving yourself that time to focus on work and not being distracted potentially by what's in the other rooms of the house. Um, so positioning a desk so you can see who's entering is, is a big one from a feng shui perspective. Um, like we wouldn't recommend if, to try and avoid, you know, putting your desk in alignment with a long hallway or anything like that because it really impacts on your ability to concentrate because of the energy. Um, it's, if you've ever noticed in offices, if someone's sitting with their back and everybody's walking behind them, it's very hard or they've got a big long corridor and people are coming and going all the time. Um, it's very hard for them to focus and concentrate on what they need to get done. Um, really it, keeping it organised, keeping it clean, um, clutter free because clutter is really with, if you've got a cluttered desk, it kind of indicates a cluttered mind. Um, so really freeing that space up and trying to, if you are having to work at home much more often, I would highly encourage you to create a space that is very much your own um, and, and that you've, you, you go into your work mode, you put your work hat on when you're in that space, it feels comfortable, you've got natural light um, and some of the other elements that we've already talked about before. All right, that's good. And you talk about clutter-free, and um, I have a question for one of, from one of our listeners, <laughs> and she asked if um, does minimalism affects feng shui, and how does it affect it? Well, minimalism is is good in the um, aspect that it really doesn't. Um, it prefers no clutter. Um, so clutter is an interesting thing because. It is so easy to accumulate clutter. It's quite extraordinary um, how quickly you can just accumulate stuff. And I know from my own experience of moving around a lot, and I cannot believe what we've managed to acquire <laughs> in the last five years here. It just blows my mind. Um, so thinking about anything that you don't use or love is, is a really important. So if you do start to do some clutter, clutter clearing and to bring in that more minimalistic, um, really going through your stuff and just thinking about, you know, why am I keeping this? Like piles of old magazines, um, you know, just That's me. things that you think you're going to read one day or things that you're going to fix one day. Are you really going to fix that? You know, do you, 
Do you love it? Do you use it? Like, right, I'm going to go through and I'm going to really decide, am I going to keep it? Is it a maybe or am I going to give it to charity? And really start to think about that. And if you've only got, even if you only start with one drawer, because again, it can be overwhelming to start to look at a whole room and think, oh my God, I've got to do this whole room. And sometimes you just start with one drawer and you will naturally pick up the momentum that you require to keep moving on. Because clutter really, it represents the past and it can, and can be an inability to move forward in life. It's kind of holding you back because of the sheer weight of all this stuff that you've got. So when you clutter clear and you create that more minimalistic environment you're actually freeing things up so new opportunities can come into your life um, and if you think about that when you're clutter, clutter clearing um, that can be really helpful denise lynn talks about um, she calls clutter clearing the modern day alchemy um, so yeah she believes it's one of the fastest ways to completely transform your life and it's really interesting i have a little bit of a book fetish um, and I've got to pack up my office. In fact, I think I'm sort of starting in the next few days. And I have so many books. Um, and it's, you know, it's real. Um, and I'll be doing that. I'll be going through thinking about, okay, you know, do I still need this book? Maybe this book could, could serve somebody else better than myself now. Um, you know, so, so this, I think minimalistic can work. The only thing I would say is just make sure that it still has the presence of your soul, your personality. Don't go too minimalistic so there's nothing left of the essence of you. Mm. I think that's really important because you still, when you, when you come into your home, you want it to be a sanctuary and you want it to represent the things you love and cherish. So sometimes if it's too minimalistic, it can feel a bit barren. Yes, yes. Yeah, so it's that fine balance of being organised and clutter-free but still having that sense of place, that sense of soul. So you know your home. Mm. You still want it to have that essence of yourself. So you mm. still want to, ha you know, you still want to see those things that you love. But, but by clearing the clutter, it allows more space to bring out those objects that you really, really cherish and have really symbolic meaning for yourself you've actually got room to display those that's often what people will find too when they do clutter clearing and stuff they can get rid of the stuff that really doesn't have the meaning and then have the space to put those objects and those that are and those photos on display that do when they look at them they they really feel something yeah and how good does it feel when you declutter a, 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 a I don't know your pantry or your clothes. Oh my god! Oh, it's so, like, so good. I take photos. So sort of I take photos of and send to my friends, and they think I'm strange, but I love it. <laughs> I just did my pantry the other week. <laughs> I love organising my pantry. Yeah. Yes, there's a huge sense of satisfaction that you actually get when you do it, and um, and the space can feel very different. You know, another thing you can do after you clutter clear is is get some sage and do a bit of a, you know, just an energetic clearing on it as well. And you'll often feel the space feels, it feels crisper, it feels cleaner. You've just done this, like you've just done the spring clean, but you've also done an energetic clean of the space and you're letting go of stuff. So you're opening up your, your world for new opportunities to come to you because you're letting go of stuff that's holding you back. Mm, makes sense. Everything's connected. 
you absolutely everything's yeah connected. yeah <laughs> and yeah. I have and another question. You can question. feel that houses, can't you? When you walk into a house and it just feels right. Yeah. And we don't know. Or you, in the same time, you walk into a house and you're like, it's beautiful, but why does it? What feels what's, so heavy? Why does it not feel right? Mm. You know, because so Sometimes intuitively they, we can feel stuff. They all old people's house, like uh, I don't know, back home. The old people they love to con collect those knickknack things. Uh, knickknacks, yeah. is that you call it? Yes. And it feels so, ah, oh, it feels so heavy. It's like, ah, oh, just get rid of those things. Yeah, but also I suppose in a in 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 a house like that, it's more yin, so mm. it has a different feeling to in a house with children, which are naturally more yang. Mm. And the energy is moving differently. So in a, an older person's house, the energy is more likely to feel more yin. So it will feel a little bit different to a house with lots of young children in it. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Something to think about. <laughs> yeah, because you always feel heavy when you go to uh, old people's houses. It feels, it feels different. No, nothing yeah. wrong. And, and they will choose different types of spaces too. Yeah. So... Yeah, because we choose homes that are a reflection of where we're currently at in our life too. Mm. So this is what I was talking about before. So we will choose spaces and that actually will provide the lessons that we need to learn. And so as we, we move through our different age, our years, our ages, you know, our needs mm. and our wants will change and we'll probably want somewhere a little bit more quieter, um, you know, um, without the comings and goings, you know, in, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I guess it's a house full of uh, uh, the past, you know, they like to collect pictures of when they were younger or, or the family that they're no longer there. Yeah. Well, lots of memories. Lots of memories. It falls through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, not maybe, all people's houses. Not all. No, no, no. But yeah, lots of memories. Lots of yeah. memories. Um, I have a question. This one is from my mom. <laughs> I would say hello to hello. la señora Alicia. She's asking. <laughs> she wants to know if she can put a mirror in front of her bed. No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Estrellanza. Uh, yeah, look, we, we really don't recommend having mirrors um, like that in mm -hmm. front, of, front of the bed. Um, so with the bedrooms are really important. We really want to create a sanctuary, want it to be cosy. We want to feel like we're nurtured in that space. Um, the master bedroom is considered the most in room of the house um, so ideally we'd like that to be potentially more so at the back of the home and, and only have that dedicated use because a lot of people will um, use their bedrooms as part as, a, as an office mm. you know all sorts of things we have lots of different things going on these days that yes. we didn't have in with the ancient feng shui so we call it modern feng shui and that's where that moves into building biology and things like that where we wanting to minimize electronics and chemicals and all of that sort of stuff mm. but yes mirrors and that's big they they say that with mirrors too so if you are in a deep sleep at night and then you wake up suddenly it's um it, to, to see yourself reflected in the mirrors like is it's it's it frightens the soul um, oh. So that's yeah. So it's not recommended. So yeah. I tend to 
and, and the mirrors are quite young, they amplify energy. So they do need careful placement as well. So we, we use quite a lot of discretion when we're placing mirrors, especially big mirrors mm -hmm. um, in homes, because from a flying star perspective, they will amplify the energies that they are reflecting. So we don't want to do that with a more challenging energy. Um, okay prosperous energy but not so much with the challenging energy so definitely minimize mirrors in the bedroom ideally you could have it so it's not reflecting you in bed in the bedroom would be a, a place to have a mirror but yeah uh, avoid where you can where it's reflecting the bed okay and um, where would be a good place to put a mirror would it be a good place to put it in the in the entrance of uh -huh, not so. well again you don't want to put a mirror in the entrance because and and it, it bounces the energy back out the front door okay. so we, we wouldn't recommend it, it facing the front door okay. um you could potentially have it over to the side reflecting a beautiful garden view yeah that sort of thing so it does we prefer to know what the flying stars are before we sort of start placing mirrors to a degree. Um, but, but yes, I wouldn't, would never, I would never recommend in any circumstance to have a mirror um, facing the front door and reflecting the energy back out. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't put a mirror uh, reflecting you in bed. Okay. Well, that goes right. for children as well. Yeah. I have a yeah, mirror. Definitely. If you've got a living room and you've got a, a beautiful garden and then that mirror reflects that beautiful garden in into that space that that can really work very well yeah because it will amplify that oh that's cool yeah that's good to know yeah. all right mom you know just put the mirror away from the bed <laughs> no mirror reflecting your bed yeah no mirror from the bed <laughs> And I think that's, uh, yeah, that's the last question. I just want to um, remind our listeners, if you have any questions for my next interview, uh, just um, text me on this number, which is uh, plus 610-406-008372 with the word healing doorways. And I will put you on a WhatsApp group. I, I promise I won't bombard you. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to interview tomorrow uh, this person. Do you have a question for this person? And then we will bring your questions for the experts. So, <laughs> well, Nelly, can you do um, online sessions at all? It will be a bit hard for feng shui. Or... Oh, no, you can. Um, okay. So we can do feng shui remotely, but it would require, so with, we, because now we've got some great technology available online where we can get really accurate compass readings, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. And, um, and we've got, you know, Google Earth and all that sort of thing as well. Generally, I would just send a questionnaire to the client. I would get them to send me some photos of their house. We'd have a phone consultation and go through everything. And then I'd get, I, I always need a full plan. So I can't do a feng shui consultation either on site or remotely without a to scale floor plan because that's what we require. Um, and we also need to know what year that house was built. So this is what I was talking about before. So say if your house was built between 2004 to 2024, then it's an age eight home and that forms part of the, the information that we require to look at the individual energies and the distribution of that within that house and that property. And what, yes, about, what about if the house took like two years to build? Because mine took about two years to build. 
Well, that's okay because you've got that 20, it's a 20-year time frame. Okay. The only time that that could be a problem is, say, if it was started in 2003 and it ended in sort of January, early February 2004 when you're about to, when it moves into a different age Mm -hmm. and then there's a potential, it would depend when the roof was put on the house so, but, but otherwise you've got, so if your house was started in 2006 and finished in 2008, it's still an AJ time. So okay. that doesn't change. I think my yeah. mind was uh, trying to think when, when my son was born. <laughs> 2016, I think it was. 2016, yeah. 2017. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, so it's an age eight. Yours is an age eight home. And mm. it will have a compass direction that your front door faces. Mm-hmm. Generally, with a because your your the river of chi or energy, the road um, front where the front door is facing, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So and that helps to that. Then you would do a you would do a compass reading on the direction of your property, mm-hmm. and then that gives us the information that we require. And then we take your floor plan and we use a template and we divide it up into eight sectors. And then the flying stars, the distribution of energy, shows us what's happening in that home and then we interpret that for you and write a report based on that and it gives you information on colours, um, placement, room use, furniture, uh, remedies um, and solutions etc and which energies you want to enhance and those that you um, are best to sedate and how to do that. And we can use colour. Like I said, we I prefer to use things that the clients already have in their homes yeah. to do that, representing the elements of a fire, earth, water, wood, um, etc. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh. <laughs> now I want to do that to my house and see. <laughs> that's it's really interesting. And, and what would be the best way to find you? Uh, probably through my website, wellnessathome.com.au. And um, I have my feng shui services and also my building biology services on there. And I've, um, there's information on the different types of consultations, etc. And I have my contact page and my phone number, etc. So you can reach me that way. Awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time. This was so informative. Now I know a little bit more about... I have, I, I'm a bit more conscious about my, my door, my, my entrance. <laughs> yeah, next time you go out, when you approach the front door, I think about what you feel like, how yes. you feel, and what you think when you're coming through the front door and what you notice. What's yes. the first thing that you notice when you open the door? Definitely. Yeah, so I tell you a lot. Yeah, no, and you know, it changes your life. Like if you have something there that don't li- you don't like and every time you see it, it's like, oh thing again exactly yeah it will change your life to just remove it healing healing paint and broken drains and all of that sort of stuff can can represent different things so yeah just yeah just consider what you see and how it makes you feel and then just chunk it down and start making maybe making some changes Small incremental changes can make a big difference as you move through too. You know, I will. I'll start today. I'm going to stand that. <laughs> After finishing with you, I'm just going to spend some time looking at my door. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to check. record what I feel. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Nelly. And, and thank you for everyone listening. And I will see you in two more weeks with our next interview. So bye-bye.
video there's three things you can do for us you can give us a like you can share it with someone that might find this information helpful and you can also hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes thanks for your time